if you get a little bit dull, people are just going to straight up walk away. No one planned to see you. So if you can gather, you know, 50 people to, to listen to you in that moment, you've, you've stopped their plans, you know, for the day. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And you have to be, you have to be constantly uh, entertaining to do that. So, so I'm, yeah, I can't imagine the kind of performer I'd even be without that upbringing. Welcome to Off Key, a member on LAPS podcast about music professionals for non-music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. This week on Off Key, I'm chatting with Fintan, a musician based in Victoria, BC. We touched on everything from how he first became interested in music, his experience busking with his family as the O'Brien family band, and of course, his most recent EP, Then We Fall. Fintan walked me through how his sound has developed in the time leading up to the project, and also went through its complete story arc. Once again, if you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe to Offkey on your favorite podcast listening platform, and let's get right into our chat. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I actually grew up in Birmingham, England for for six years, uh, almost seven actually, and then moved here to Victoria, BC. Where is Birmingham? That's like, it's in England, and it's right in the center of England. It's like, um, yeah, in, in, in the, right in the middle. And I was six years old when I was there, so I don't know too much about it even. I've only been back like twice, so I don't, I'm not like a great uh, advocate for Birmingham, but it's very, I, my memories of it, very like concrete, very like landlocked city, um, very different to here. How come your family moved? They're, my parents are kind of crazy. We, there's three, I have th- two siblings, there's three of us kids, and I'm the youngest so I think we were six, seven, and nine when we moved out here, which is a crazy thing for a family of five with three young kids to move continents. It's pretty insane. But um, I think that they just wanted like they just wanted a they just wanted that for us. I think uh, it's so much. I no no shade to Birmingham. I just think it's like such a nicer place to live here, and they wanted just a drastic change. And they I think they wanted to be by the ocean and and. Uh, we have the only relatives we have in Canada live in Victoria. So that's why Victoria was really the, the place. But it kind of it works because it's actually quite an English city. Yeah. So it was, I, think if, I don't think we would have stayed if we had moved to Ontario and had a crazy winter. I don't think my parents would have stuck it out. So the fact that it's like an easier climate and it's, there's so many English people here and it's kind of similar, I think kind of helped the cause. Yeah, yeah culturally it's like not too too drastic yeah yeah Yeah. super english yeah and when did you first get into music that's that's a tough that's like a tough question i feel like there's lots of different stages because i was i grew up i remember i actually remember being at school and and realizing oh your your guys's families aren't all musicians like i just thought it was weird to me i just grew up assuming that everyone played music and had guitars and their dad sang in bands I just like totally assumed that because that's all I ever had at home so music was always around growing up 
but then I remember I, I remember getting this uh, air guitar CD. Oh, I was like, how do you get an air yeah. guitar? <laughs> I bought this amazing yeah. air guitar. <laughs> no, I got this air guitar greatest hits, like great, like great guitar songs on this compilation album. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, there was there was a couple Queen songs that I really loved, and that and then I I just would sit in my room, play it on my little uh, stereo system, and and just literally air guitar out to those songs, and then was in the store with my mom and this was I guess I was around like eight so eight probably it was probably eight when this happened I just started getting obsessed with these songs and the idea of playing guitar even though I'd picked up guitars my whole life I my first instrument I think was the accordion I have this picture of me that's a really random <laughs> like one three years old with a little accordion super strange my grandma was a is an accordion player so I think that was the connection and then I I said screw the accordion and then broke her heart <laughs> and picked up the the trumpet or the cornet because it was a little smaller so I could actually hold it and I was actually yeah and I played so I played all these instruments but then I was around when I was around eight and I I, I was in the store with my mom and I heard Queen on this compilation CD and I saw a Queen greatest hits album and I and I and I bought I bought I think I bought two of them there's like a red one and a blue one and I bought them both and I listened to them so much that I I guess I just wanted to be Brian May so badly on the guitar and then got my parents to buy me a electric guitar and that was really the, the when it started like everything else in my life that I liked or was interested in just sort of phased out and I was just like total one track mind on it and got a little guitar from Long McQuaid rented it learned hallelujah my dad taught me my first song on guitar and then realized what it takes to play guitar like Brian May is a lot of hours of yeah. scales and and I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, what can I do then? I'll just strum four chords and write songs. So that's how it started. And then, but but it was really that, yeah, I guess I was about eight years old that it really stuck. And I was, and I just did not um, want to do anything else from from that day forward. Yeah. When you said that you and your family were like, you were always surrounded yeah. by music. So did everyone in your family played an instrument kind of? Yeah, or? my mom's less musical she's still she's she's got a beautiful voice and um she's definitely music she's musical but she wasn't so much it's just my 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 dad's family is very musical and they're everyone's pretty much i think pretty much everyone in my dad's family is a professional musician you know his his parents Mm -hmm. his mom's musician her she had her own family band with her parents my great-grandparents and my great-grandmother was I've always been told this. I don't have like a document stating this, but I've always grown up being told this. Supposedly, my great grandmother was the first female uh, drummer in Ireland. Cool. So I'm gonna say that. Yeah, let's. Yeah, just, I'm gonna confidently you can say go that. With that. Yeah, exactly. No yeah. one's like prove me wrong. No yet. one's gonna prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be amazing if someone heard this and actually dug out um, the records. Um, that's actually, my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Man, fraud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be that would be heartbreaking to my whole family. So after kind of pivoting from going the Brian May route of really, really crazy, super technical guitar, um, you started writing music, you said. Mm. So how old were you at this point? Well, I wrote my first song, I think I was nine. That's crazy. Yeah. I think, and I'd written actually, well, I'd written little songs as a a kid. I think there's footage of me singing a song called um, Don't Touch the Bees was (laughs) one of my hits. That's a a fact. Um, I'll post that someday uh and and different yeah we were all making up little songs like that i think me and my brother wrote a song together when i was like seven or something 
I'm not even going to talk about that one. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, when I, but it, there's just something about this song that I wrote when I was nine that it just, like, the clouds parted. Do you know what I mean? I wrote it, and I just, and then I never stopped. So I'd written little songs before that, but it was just this moment when I was nine when I wrote my first song when I really tried. I'd, do you know a singer called Felicity Baker in town? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she would. she sings at Canoe a lot. And she's an unbelievable singer. And we both were homeschooled at the same time for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And so we'd hang out a lot because our families are friends. Mm-hmm. And um, she showed me this song she wrote called, I think, Say, I think, or Stay or something like that. When you were, like, young. Yeah, when I was yeah. eight or when I was nine. Mm-hmm. And then I went home after hearing her, uh, her song that she'd written and recorded with her dad. And I just was so not not even, de- no jealousy, just so inspired by it, just so like that is so cool. She's a couple years older than me, and I, which you know when you're younger it matters a little bit more. You're like, so I would have looked up to her for sure. And I just went home, and I think maybe that next day I wrote a song because I was so like that is the coolest thing ever. I can't believe you can just write those. That's so sick, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, my first song called Crazy Love, which I used to be like, you know, I was like ten years old on stage telling people about your love life about my love life and that people would literally laugh and i remember and obviously you'd laugh it's so bizarre yeah this 10 year old's like this is my new song called crazy love and like obviously i'd be laughing my butt off i heard that but it used to hurt my feelings people just laugh and i'd be like well i'm serious i'm an artist yeah take me seriously it's hard (laughs) but yeah um yeah that first song at nine really like i just it was so powerful it just everything made sense i think that's the age too where you're really looking for who you are and um i've always felt i've never taken that for granted i feel so lucky that i knew that so young because i because i don't think i've changed much more since i was nine just do this i want to do the same thing there's nothing else there's just like yeah it's all consuming passion that i found then when you were writing these early songs and like your really early mm-hmm. musical influences were like classic Rocky. So what, yeah. what were you writing? Yeah, there was, it was, it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Just pop songs. I, I've just always been obsessed with well-written pop music. I just love like really like, you know, emotional like really great pop music. I just love, I was listening to a lot of Frank Sinatra as well. like big band stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to a lot of Queen, a lot of Frank Sinatra. It's all bizarre influences a lot of da- uh, Damien Rice was a huge inspiration although I don't know if I would have been listening to him that early that's a good question like wonder who musically I was inspired by by those first songs well those are good examples because who I was listening to when I was 10 yeah but I'm just in my head I'm thinking those what it sounded like wouldn't have been like a it wouldn't have sounded like a queen song there's no way I could have even possibly been good enough to write a queen song or a Frank Sinatra song for that matter so I don't know, like maybe like very like James Blunt or something back then. I was a huge fan of him. For the, maybe someone like, yeah, people like that or Jason Raz or someone, you know, like that kind of a, just acoustic guitar driven pop music, yeah. you know, groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> um, so that was kind of around the age when you first started getting into music and creating yeah. on your own. Um, and then I read that you started getting into busking a lot. Yeah, which was a sort of a thing with um, I did with my brother because we wanted to. My dad was a busker when he was young, and he used to busk with his brother. They actually got arrested once, I think, on Grafton Street in Dublin, in oh. Ireland. Yeah, which is another story. Well, you should have him, my, have my dad on the podcast. He'll he'll tell you that story. I won't I won't take his story. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but so I think that was probably always in my dad's head. Like he probably always thought that'd be cool for us to do one day, but it happened really, really just naturally because me and my brother wanted to play video games on a laptop and, uh, my parents weren't going to buy us a laptop. I was like 10 or 11 or something. And so my dad was like, well, you could, you know, get yourself. And I'm like, I have no money. He's like, well, you could busk. Why don't you just play? And so we did it. We, we set out the beginning, beginning of summer. And my brother was always a piano player. So, and he was always a little bit upset that he could never, you know, if we were like jamming around a campfire or like going, you know, I don't know, to someone's house and people were jamming, he couldn't lug around a piano with him. So my dad just was like, well, you should just learn the bass, you know, because that's what you're doing on your left hand, playing piano. And then you could take it with you, get a double bass, you know, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Not the best instrument to be portable, a double bass. When yeah, you're, when either. You're, <laughs> when you're 11 and, or 12 years old. But, uh, but he picked, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable to me that he did this. I think on a Thursday, we rented a quarter size uh, double bass, mm-hmm. which is a really hard instrument to learn. It's so hard to, it's it, even if you play electric bass and go to double bass, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. He was going from piano to double bass. I mean, it's a very difficult switch. And he, by the Saturday, we were on the street performing. That's wild. Yeah, and he was like 11 or 12 years old. I remember I also had the same complaint about piano when I was playing and I was like, ah, oh, like it's hard. And I remember my teacher yeah. once was just like, well, at least all the notes are there. You just need to figure out what to do with them. That's that's a great like, point. They're yeah, with like right any other instrument, it's like, well. <laughs> yeah, piano is a good l- instrument to learn first. People say that a lot. And I think it's because I think visually is really good to break. It's good to learn th- like a bit of theory on because you can actually see it. Yeah, 100%. It's, I've taught some guitar to some kids. It's, it's more difficult to teach uh theory with guitar in my experience because it's a lo- like you're you're it's not as visual yeah it's you a bit more abstract it. yeah exactly but yeah uh going back to what you're saying about busking though yeah my brother unbelievably learned yeah double bass then we went out and my dad it was so cute my dad would play with us but he didn't want to like so he would just sit on the on the ground behind us so it just looked like it was us but he was just behind us <laughs> jamming out how, Pretty much because I was, you know, there's no way I was able to like really hold it down uh, at guitar at that age. Um, yeah. And by the end of the summer, we made a we bought a MacBook. Nice. We, we did it. Yeah. It was unbelievably. Yeah. The first day I remember. We made like $80 or something. When you're little, like that's like a lot When you're little, I literally couldn't believe it. I just yeah. was like, that is uh, unbelievable. And uh, I remember saying that to someone like an, an, a friend, like a family friend, musician. And I was like so proud of myself, and they were like, "Oh well, all downhill from there. Like when you you just start getting less and less cute, you're you know." And they were joking, and it was obviously funny. But I remember being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna prove you wrong, whatever." And we kept busking. And we it's what we it's been the, probably the most solid job I've ever had is busking. We have done it. We did it every summer, as a, and then we started making more money doing it. And my sister, uh, sorry, I shouldn't have set it up that way. Um, my sister saw the money we were making she just saw us doing it and got interested I'm sure the money was a big factor she probably uh, wanted a summer job too and then it became uh, my dad stopped sitting behind us and started standing with us and it was the four of us me my brother my sister my dad and we would play as the O'Brien family around all these markets around town Um, and it put I never went to university but it but it put my sister and my brother to university and that's amazing for like my first albums that I was making and things like that and funded a yeah funded all pretty much up until now it's funded me my life just busking which is pretty cool we would do I mean we did a lot we would have like 
over a hundred gigs in the summer playing at markets and things. Um, but I'm so grateful for that. It's really, uh, it's really amazing, uh, performance training, you know, cause you gotta be, you're only really as good as the people listening to that moment or as captivating or whatever. At least that's what it feels like. If you get a little bit dull, people are just going to straight up walk away. No one planned to see you. So if you can gather, you know, 50 people to, to listen to you in that moment, you've, you've stopped their plans, you know, for the day. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And you have to be, you have to be constantly uh, entertaining to do that. So, so I'm, yeah, I can't imagine the kind of performer I'd even be without that upbringing. Do you have any advice for anybody that busts or even just, I guess, performing in general? Because that is definitely a skill you've obviously would have had to have developed is staying captivating. Yeah. Advice? I mean... Like what? Like what did you do, I guess? Or can you I nail think, it down? Yeah. <laughs> I never... It's not something that I think that much about. But I, if I did, I'd say... Well, I, I love just... I think the I think my dad said this to me once and I've never it was like it hit me just like a ton of bricks and I've it's always my main mantra is is that you've got to make like if imagine you're a you're a touring band you've got to make that audience in that city feel like they've just seen a show that no one else on the tour got to see like that every gig the audience feels they're watching something that's special and that no one else will see. Cause I, I mean, personally, I don't know about you. I can really tell if I'm going to see a band and I'm being played the same show they played the night before. And it's just boring to me. I just really, I just, it's like, okay, cool. Nice, nice songs. But after a few songs, I'm like, okay, I've seen it. But performers that are constantly picking up on like, if you're going to talk to the audience, make jokes about things that are really going on right in that moment. Yeah. Cause so many of them like that you, you like will watch like a video or something of like the next show and hear the exact same like, anecdote joke yeah. and like everything yeah like, oh, okay. it's just a little less exciting <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like okay cool it's almost like on one hand i actually respect that because they've really polished a show together and that's cool but i just think it's so much more exciting when you feel like you've made a real you've seen something really special and i think that busking is perfect for that because every 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 two seconds there's something interesting that could just happen if you're if you're observing it I, I think that's what keeps us doing it is, uh, yeah, asking requests or asking where people are from and just keeping people engaged, I think is really, is like a next level rather than just singing to them and just playing music to them. So you got to add that extra thing or, or whatever. I mean, maybe you could, <laughs> maybe you could like breathe fire while you're playing. Or yeah. Something juggle. Like yeah. Juggle while you learn the bass. That's my advice. My advice <laughs> to people busking is not, not that it, not anything I've ever done is just straight up. You should probably do it while you unicycle. I think that would work. Yeah. Yeah, that's my advice. Thing. It's like a unicycle or involved fire somehow, probably yeah, would be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's my advice. That's it. For anyone listening who's unfamiliar with your music that you're putting out today mm. and kind of your sound now, um, how would you describe yourself as an artist? Uh, amazing. Yeah, probably. the best. Just the best. The best artist. <laughs> Just the only one. <laughs> I'd say I'm the artist is what I'd say to people. Um, I really find that question so like so difficult and that's not anything against you it's just it's an it's a question that I think most people find really difficult I don't I don't know um was it were you asking me to, like you saying what how would I describe myself mm-hmm. or like describe your music I guess yeah it's it's I, I just like to say it's pop music and the reason I like to say that and almost leave it at that sometimes is because 
I think people use it in a negative way all the time. And it's pop music. It's pop music. But I like saying it like and standing behind it. No, I make pop music because I love pop music. But I'd say it's rooted more in like a more classic songwriting perspective that, you know, it's like using the, this new music we're putting out. is like it's it's quite modern. And it's we're using more synths and things and and uh, program drums in the music. But but it's every you know, my whole upbringing is like folk music and, and just songs and songwriting. So I think that it has a little bit more of a yeah, like a folk folk uh influence in the in the sort of the songwriting if that makes any sense but yeah i don't know yeah i i, try, I like to make i try and make music that i can imagine myself driving with like the top down by a coast too that's what i like to think yeah. about when i'm in the studio and so when people if i show people my music and they go oh i could drive to this i'm like yes that's the best i don't know why i don't know why that is i just think it's not just like the best place to listen to music mm-hmm. just in driving a lot of people have actually described their music in terms of <laughs> vehicles. Yeah? Yeah. Like, even, like, uh, Tristan, like, from Diamond Cafe yeah. says it's, like, a lot of, like, midnight, late night driving. Oh, hell yeah. And then Christina Lau. And that's so true, too. Yeah. The music is totally like that. Um, and Christina Lau said that she imagines people listening to her music when they're, like, in transit, like, on a train Sweet. or, like, things like that. Because I, like I think that. that's definitely, like, a vibe. It is, And I they're think. very different. Yeah. Those, like, types of drives. It's also, it's also, like, a humble answer. Because it's like, yeah, I just want people to listen while they're doing things. It's ballsy to be like, I want people to sit down and listen and listen but you're the artist. and close your eyes yeah <laughs> and close your eyes and do nothing else like don't you dare yeah i don't know what it is i just because i yeah but a lot of this music has um has really come to life with with another local guy called hugh Mackey who's producing it all with me and and he's just the best i don't know if you know him because he would probably he's swimming in similar circles I think he, yeah, I don't know if he still was working at Canoe, but he has worked at Canoe for a lot of years too. So if you hang around there, you can <laughs> see him um, serving drinks. But uh, yeah, he's he's been a big, he's been a huge part of this new music because I had this vision, this idea of what I wanted to do next. And together we've made that totally happen, but I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't have, uh, if he hadn't have been around. I don't, like I, I think he's, there's so many talented producers on this island, and I don't probably know even a quarter of them, but I just think he's such a standout guy. On the, I think we're so lucky to have him here. I don't even know how long he'll be here for, because I think he's he's probably um, going to go off and make smash hits all over the place. That's my prediction there. Now nah, I have it on record. <laughs> um, how did you guys get connected like did you meet just randomly first did you meet through music yeah well yeah we did i I, apparently he'd been to a show or two of mine and maybe we'd met briefly but i I don't quite remember that but i just was having i'd come back from germany i had been playing some shows in germany and i just had this feeling of like i've got to change i just got to change this up i realized that the music i was making and working on wasn't the music didn't sound like what I was even interested like listening to and being inspired by so I just felt like that's kind of dumb because I because I think when you you naturally progress as a musician and an artist and a songwriter you just naturally are taking your influences and you're you're you know you're not overthinking it because you're just trying to be organically who you are and then when you start working with 
people within the industry and you're trying to actually brand yourself and and market yourself and come up with who you are i think a lot of that development can musically can can halt Mm -hmm. if you're if you're then thinking with another side of your brain about how to market who you are uh the actual musical development sort of can cease and then i think that might have happened a little bit i'd got in my head okay so i'm playing acoustic guitar and that but then but then i was like oh but i'm so into this and this and i was most of the production that i was even actually inspired by and felt was pushing boundaries it's all hip-hop for me nowadays that's really and i knew it wasn't gonna be a rapper but i just was more inspired by that that color scheme of sound and uh and then i started thinking that it would be really great to work with someone who is producing hip-hop but with my because i'm because i'm coming from such a different world it would actually make kind of interesting pop music because because all pop music now is inspired by hip-hop all of it and the, and the and the drums and all that and so i remember i came back and i said to i just wanted to do something that was like different for me like i could flex a little bit and and do something that i was like totally new at with this more modern sound and i've said to my manager piers henwood who's in town in victoria uh i've said to him uh i just i just asked him if he knew anybody that would fit that description that was working like in the box whether it was in victoria or vancouver or whatever who's working in the box like what i mean by that is like just working on their uh computer making beats and he was like do you know hugh mackie and i i had i, I was like no no who's that he's like oh is this guy that i've been talking to because he's he's really you know you know really bright young uh hip-hop producer and and i th- and think then and he'd been working with quinn bates from quarterback and I hadn't heard their stuff because I don't think any of it was released at that point. They'd just been working on it. And anyway, I was like, yeah, send me some of his stuff. So he sent me this like little de- like demo tape of Hughes with beats. I listened to probably 10 seconds and I was like, yes, that's that's my guy. Because I just thought it was so, he's just really inventive and really, just really vibey. And I could just, t- I just could tell his, his real musical skill behind what he's doing. And I really was just like, yeah, this guy's, I, can't, I was just like, I can't believe I haven't met this dude. And then, yeah, we, we, uh, we met up a few weeks later and we didn't we were like let's not make anything let's just hang out and just listen to music and just see what we like but we ended up he w- he was like trying to show me something that he could he was like oh let me just show you that he was like explaining a technique or something like that and he's like hey, hold on just sing sing a, like a new song you've written like just sing a line into the microphone and i'll see what i'm talking about so i just played and sung a little piece of a song into the mic and then he uh he just started like whipping things together and it literally was the first song off my EP. Crazy. That's the one that's doing the best out of any of them anyway, called Light Personified. And it just happened so fast. We had that first day and then we met up, I think one more day and it was pretty much finished to like pretty much one day in the studio. Just to that do that one track, it just happened so fast, which is kind of, for me, it's rare. I take forever on stuff, probably to a fault. But I just remember we were just vibing off each other so much. And when that happens and you're also, when you just met someone, you're trying to kind of impress them and you're kind of trying to impress each other. I think that's a real, uh, there's a real fire that is happening in that moment. But I just think, yeah, Hugh Mackey, man, he's really, he's the best and the, the nicest dude too. I think he's going to be very successful. Have you found working with him then, because you said that you had like a few songs that you had written that you brought to him and he like yeah. worked with. Have you found that? working with him has kind of pushed you to or 
has made you push your songwriting yeah, ability yeah. as well and has that developed yeah. i mean ability i'd i hope because i hope i'm always i hope i'm always getting better but definitely just the sound i also i just realized i just realized what he what he's great at and so i just started going oh well i know he's gonna kill this and so i would the songs i'd bring to him i started to yeah and so it made so then i start writing songs thinking Oh yeah, me and Hugh can do this. I could, we, we'll, we'll kill it with that one, and maybe veering away from other things. But yeah, that's totally true. That totally happened. But that's the thing about him, though. He comes from his own a really, uh, a really vast musical uh, upbringing. He he can play everything. So I think we'll probably work. I, th- I hope we'll work together for ages because I think as I want to do different things, he. It's not as if I would even really, really need to go elsewhere. We we both have a, kind of like a similar love of the same things, and and uh, so for now with with what I so it's less about like I think it's less about what we create when we're together because I think that will change. Do you know what I mean? I think like yes, there's something that happens w- with what we're doing together, but as I want to do a little more, I don't know, like the first EP is a little less like there was hardly any guitar on it which is crazy because that's what my main instrument because i realized i wanted to let go of it i just wanted to do something without it and then this uh, this i have a second ep that's coming out pretty soon actually and every song is a guitar song and it wasn't for as if for not a second that i think oh maybe that means i can't work with hugh for this one he, he he's got he's got all the bases covered so i think it's gonna be interesting to see how it actually sort of evolves together the more that we work together you know Mm-hmm. that's awesome and you're both so like young in your careers as well mm, like it's yeah. not like you were saying like even for you like you're such a young artist but it was kind of scary to make that jump from being like i'm a singer songwriter mm-hmm. big air quotes yeah um that like plays guitar to yeah. moving towards yeah a bit of a different yeah, sound so it'll up. be really cool to see what you guys do together yeah hopefully it's good hey hopefully you like it so we got into this a little bit, um, but this year you released your de- debut EP, I guess, like with this newer sound that you've been pivoting towards, yeah. Then We Fall. Um, mm-hmm. What inspired this project? Yeah, I don't think that, well, all the stuff that we've sort of saying like about just wanting to switch it up. And I then I when, once I made Light Personified, I just was so excited. I just was so, yeah, just so cool to do something different. And I, and I, and I instantly I was like, that's the best thing I've done so far. And it's not even got a single guitar in it. So I kind of felt, I felt uh, certain like powers, definitely the wrong word, but like, uh, you know, like confidence there. Yeah. A certain confidence from that, thinking that, oh, cool, that's cool that I can do that. And so then it was about getting a, getting a bunch of songs together that can fit with, that could fit with that on a, on a record and just exploring that sound more. But the songs, because um, I, I I don't, I've yet to release something that I've, um, with Hugh that I've like uh, created in the studio from scratch. I, it's pretty much usually that I'm writing a song and then bringing it to Hugh. And so all those songs, it had either already, I had a few that already existed and I wrote a couple more for the, um, specifically for the EP, but most of it was pre, just like already written on guitars without knowing what they would even sound like. And that was all, yeah, it's all like, the way that the EP is actually even um, the track listing of it is its own sort of story from from Light Personified, the first track, which is very much like a like a young love sort of um, story. 
I think it's like it, t- it talks about like a party and and going to meet someone late at night and just like that it's just that that core sort of explodes into that energy of what it's like to be fall in love with somebody and the second track on it is called body and that's a l- it's like another love song but it's more serious in terms of like it talks about um i'm gonna fight for this and no, no matter even when it's not easy uh i'm 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 here i'm here for you kind of thing and and a little more serious in that way and it's so i'd say it's like a deeper sort of love and then the third track is sadly is that uh it's called say it again and it's it's that like jaded feeling when you're in a relationship, you kind of, it's just shaking and the foundations are falling apart and you could be, you, you know that and uh, you almost can't quite escape it. It's just happening. And that's in my opinion, it's probably the worst feeling ever. That feeling of knowing that it's ending and not being able to, not being able to help it and just sort of holding on to each other. So it's, it's the lyric in that is like, say it again. Like you mean it, you know, like tell me, tell me you love me and just, yeah. Trying to hold on to what's left. The fourth song is just a straight-up breakup song uh, called Burn. It's about just wallowing in your pity of a breakup. <laughs> the, the fifth song is called Headstrong, and it's about meeting up with that person late at night after, and it's been a long time, and just, like, seeing them again and catching up uh, after maybe however long of not being together and then f- and f- sort of reminiscing and falling back in love and all that stuff. And then the, the sixth song is, is the title track, the EP, that uh, Then We Fall. And that just sort of sums up the whole thing. Back to track one, you know, Then We yeah. Fall, Back in Love. And, uh, and that keeps going. It's not a, very, it's not a healthy cycle, <laughs> but, it's a, but it's a real one. And it was all based on a real relationship for me. Um, and I like the way that just as those songs, the order that they were written and even is just the way that that story like naturally tells itself. And I really, I, I really like that. Um, so that's sort of what inspired it. You have a couple of things that's inspired by the musically wanting to branch out mm-hmm. and also just wanted to tell that story that I'd been living for that like that that year. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome and I'm excited again because that EP is such like a rounded story. It'll be really cool to see what happened like what is the next project. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you about that if you want. Yeah. It's a little it's just depressing to be honest. Okay. It's a sad. Oh man. <laughs> it's a sad it's a sad one. Yeah. But I. When is it coming out? Are you able to say I, anything about that yet? I think we. I. I won't say yet because I'm not quite sure if I want to be. I, no, no, I'm saying that like like as if anyone's gonna care like <laughs> about me. I just don't know if it's all f- totally yeah. finalized, so I just won't say. But I can tell you that the first song off of it comes out August 23rd, and I'm really really excited about that. I think. I mean, I feel it's the best thing I've done so far, and I can't wait to. I just can't wait to show people that one. But then, and that when that first one comes out, it has like a happier feeling to it. But then it quickly gets a little bit just depressing. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, kind of on the same topic, though, of releases and projects. Um, but what do you have coming up, like later this year or the rest of the summer? We have, uh, we have a gig um, opening up for a band called Milk and Bone. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, at the Capitol Bar on August 29th. Uh, says there the doors are 8 p.m. but just look it up yourself (laughs) Uh, yeah and then I think we're in Vancouver the next night with them as well the 30th at the Fox and then well the the main event though is is the release of the first single on the 23rd of August so I think that's a few days after this podcast is up that's awesome if you're listening get excited Um, and if people are listening and excited um, where can they find you and your music uh i i think pretty much everywhere like other than tiktok 
pretty much on all of them mm-hmm. other than that um spotify is a good one and this is all just under my f- name fintan f-i-n-t-a-n uh also on instagram or facebook or youtube or apple music soundcloud i think just anywhere except uh, for TikTok. i wonder if i'm except for tiktok i wonder if i'm on title i don't know if i am i have a feeling i'm probably not but, but uh if jay-z wants to get in touch that's awesome. Thank you so much, Vinton. Thank you. So nice to meet you. My heart is bleeding like I fell on the edge of a knife. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And thanks again, Vinton, for coming by the studio to chat. As usual, this week's show notes are in the episode's description. So make sure you check those out for photos and other media on the topics that we discussed during our conversation, as well as links to Vinton's upcoming shows with Milk and Bone. If you're enjoying Off Key, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. They really do help. And as usual, if you have any topics that you'd like me to bring up with one of our next guests, you can either email me at offkey at membran.net or send me a message at either Membran Labs or Linsa Arnold on Instagram. Off Key and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, aka Membran Labs a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We're also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music's rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membran Labs, you can find out more information on our website, www.membranlabs.com. That's it for now. I'll see you next Monday. Thanks. Friends are broke, so they all smoke your cigarettes. The candlelight is burning like the sun that's rising in the west. Your phone is dead, you hurt your leg, cause you fell on your way to find me. You're always late, but you look great, baby. You finally get beside me. How can I get so close to it? So close to the love inside me. I taste it. I hated it until you were there to guide me My heart is bleeding like I fell on the edge of a knife I know you mean it when you tell me you're willing to fight The summer's over but our love is never ending Open your eyes, we're like personified Walk around the stupid town Go down with silhouettes We know these streets And walk the beat But secretly we kinda like it My younger days My foolish ways Will I put all of them behind me You're all I see You're part of me And I can't find the words to write it How can I get So close to it So close